0: Welcome to Jew's Taekwondo Podcast. Good morning. Today we have Ms. Um, Mina Goyle. She's a licensed clinical counselor. Is that right?
1: Yes, I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I do uh, counseling for children, teens, families, adults um, in Pleasanton.
0: Oh, very cool. Maybe just talk a little bit about um, what is it that you actually do?
1: I... Uh, have a practice in downtown Pleasanton. Often people are having life problems or issues that they're trying to seek some guidance or clarity for. There are some problems going on, either uh, mental health, emotional health, or just family problems. Sometimes it's things happen in life, traumatic incidents, things we don't expect. And sometimes people just need some help getting through and kind of feeling healthy and emotionally safe and secure again so i help people work through whatever problems they're going that are going on in their lives
0: oh that's really very important work especially with things that are happening in our in today's society
1: yes definitely
0: your children do taekwondo
1: yes both of my children do taekwondo
0: and what made you decide to get them into martial art
1: well, it was really interesting. When my daughter was very young, um, we had tried martial arts at, different, at a different studio yet, but she wasn't ready. She was not interested. She just kind of stood in the back and didn't do anything. She refused to participate. And then about two years later, she asked herself to um, start doing martial arts again. Oh, really? And, and she I- did then we so we started and she really enjoyed it and she's been doing it now i think for 6 years and she loves it um it's definitely become a passion of hers my son followed footsteps in her footsteps and he enjoys it too so but it was really my daughter who initiated it we tried she wasn't ready she had to do it on her time <laughs>
0: When you first um, introduced her to martial art, was it because you wanted her to do it?
1: It was, actually, because um, I wanted her to do it.
0: Any specific reason?
1: Well, truth be told, I had always wanted to participate in martial arts. Um, And it was, um, I think it's really important for our girls and women to know how to take care of themselves, protect themselves, um, especially in today's society. Um, and it was something that and originally I had intended that maybe I would do it with her. And unfortunately, that never happened. Um, but never say never. And <laughs> so, yeah, so originally I had been kind of the push, the driving force. Oh. But I was very happy when she herself requested it. So.
0: <laughs> and I think this year she went to Argentina for the world championship. What was that experience like for her?
1: Oh, it was an amazing experience. She learned a lot. So many things happen um, when when we compete. There's just, I mean, gosh, so many different avenues to talk about here. Just, you know, training and all that goes into it—the mental energy, the physical energy—seeing that all kind of come to fruition. Um, becoming part of a team and really becoming cohesive with that team supporting one another through not just you know victories but also disappointments um it was really just quite an amazing experience and i just saw her grow so much because she did participate in the training and on team usa it was uh, it was an um, absolutely mind-blowing and wonderful experience
0: yeah that's great she um she did pretty good in the, at the championships. I think she got um, um, silver and bronze. Did she get a gold medal?
1: I do not believe she got a gold medal. I She got a silver and a bronze medal, I believe.
0: That's pretty good, though. <laughs> not very many people can say that.
1: <laughs> well, all of these kids worked very hard. And um, it was just, even as a parent, I have to say, um, you know, to watch your child grow like that and to experience disappointment and then rebound from it oh, no, and call or you know experience successes um it's it, it was truly wonderful and you get to you know explore another country and see other cultures so that was a great part of the trip as well
0: um we were going to talk a little bit about um maybe some experience that um your neighbor had
1: yeah you know it's It's not just the neighbor, it's the neighborhood. Um, And I I personally believe, from what I'm reading, what I'm seeing, that all around us, there's definitely incidents happening where we need to be a little bit more aware, a little bit more vigilant. Um, We live in Pleasanton, which is, for the most part, a quiet town, a very pleasant town. (laughs) Um, We have good community, we have, you know... Great families, wonderful schools, but there's always incidents that are happening. And I know several of my neighbors, my friends have gone through various things from break ins to assaults um, this past year. And it's a little bit unnerving for sure. Last year there was an incident in the neighborhood where, well, there were several break ins, but there was an incident in the neighborhood where a woman was followed home um, and then um, attacked in her driveway as she was taking in the trash cans at 7 p.m. in the evening. And, you know, that really puts everyone on high alert.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, and then that high alert after time kind of goes down. and And yes. um, we lower our guards. You know, that's one of the things that I uh, talk about in class is um, awareness, right? And we have... <laughs> As I described it in class, um, there are four colors of awareness, white, yellow, orange, and red. You know, white is really not paying attention like that lady you talked about, your neighbor. She's uh, driving home thinking everything's all right, Uh, no no big deal. Um, May not realize that she's being followed, you know, so it can be anywhere. Not just walking the street or, you know, just uh, even driving, just being aware of situations, even at a restaurant. People are always uh-huh. on their phone, not kinda of paying attention. Right. Um yellow is um paying attention, not paranoid, just noticing what's going on. Just observing, that's all. Not you don't we don't have to live in a paranoid world. But just keeping an eye on what's going on. Uh uh-huh. orange is um we call it uh you see a threat. You see something that doesn't seem right. Um uh, that lady is driving home, she noticed that um it looks like a car might be following her. And I've noticed that, too. Sometimes I'll be driving home and I'll go, wait, that guy seems like he's been following me. So instead of going home, I just keep on driving past my house and, you know, see what happens. Right. Um, because obviously they were waiting for the opportunity. And, of course, red is you're actually in the, in the fight. You're actually in in the situation where you have to defend yourself. And that's where we don't want to be. So we always want to be in that yellow zone. And if we can prevent being in a situation, that's the best. We don't ever want to have to to really defend ourselves. So, yeah, I try to teach that to the kids.
1: Definitely. You know, it was interesting after the incident um, had happened, of course, I talked with both of my kids about it. Because really, truly, it was 7 o'clock in the evening. At 7 o'clock in the evening, I mean, we are in the thick of our running around to their activities You know, that's the time when, yes, I would bring my trash cans in. I would get the mail or send the kids out to get the mail. You know, when you're not aware and if someone has followed you home, which is what happened to that neighbor. Um, I believe that she was doing some, possibly some holiday shopping.
0: Oh, this is a year ago?
1: Yeah, this was about a year ago. Um, She was doing some holiday shopping and they had followed her home from that. You know, we're looking to not just get... You know, the goods, but maybe a vehicle or something. Luckily, a neighbor had heard her screams and came outside. Same, you know, at the same time, that was a very scary incident. So, when I asked my children, you know, what would you do if, you know, you go outside and someone is trying to hurt you or someone is there that shouldn't be there? Um, And they actually, you know, talked a lot about what they've learned in class. They talked about different scenarios. You know, my daughter, although she is a black belt, she's only 12. Um, And she's certainly not strong enough to fend off two to three grown men, possibly not even one grown man, most likely not one grown man. But talking about knowing that and being aware, if you're abducted, what happens, what do you do? So... You know, my kids definitely are listening in class because they had answers to those questions. But maybe you could talk a little bit about what you are actually telling the kids. Just some pointers or tips for people. Kids aren't in class. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's, that is that is kind of tough. You know, in um, Taekwondo, you know, we really trained for that red zone. That's what we do. We practice kicking and punching. Oh, and, you know, we hope that you're never in that situation. But if you are, what do you do, right? And that's kind of what we do in martial arts. We're training for that that uh, red zone. But you're right. Children are not really able to defend against an adult. No, it doesn't matter if you're a black, but they have a slight, slightly better chance maybe mm-hmm. just because they've been kicking and punching and striking and stuff like that. And so they have a slightly better chance than the average kid. But again, it's still very difficult because right. an adult is just so much bigger. I even said that about my own kids. And they were good. They were good as a, you know children. But if you put a, another child up against them, they should be able to handle themselves. But against <laughs> an adult, that's a, a different story. So really, distance, being aware is key to self-defense. And even for an adult, I mean... Even though I've been doing martial art for over 40 years, uh, does that mean that I can defend myself? And the answer is no, not necessarily. Do I have a better chance than the average person? Maybe. Only because we've been practicing it and um, we put ourselves in scenarios so that we can deal with situations. But situations are always different. And um, how you respond is kind of key to that. So really being aware, making space is uh, I think is key to our self defense. If I have distance, I can run. In my uh-huh. case, I can't run because of my hip. <laughs> that's okay. I'll just stay and uh, and fight. So really that's kind of the best thing is to really to find out what um being observant. Yes, you know, realizing, "Hey, that doesn't look right." I think it's really important for children to understand. We actually had an incident where it wasn't a, it wasn't really bad. I mean, it could have been bad. But we had a guy come into the studio, and he was—he had a little bit too much to drink, okay. and he was watching the kids. And Grace called me up and said, "Hey, um, this guy is here." And I was um, at the other studio, and I was on my way back anyway, so I kind of hustled back. Spoke to him a little bit. Yeah, he was, and he was pointing out the kids. He goes, "Oh, that kid's good," and but but that's unnerving because he's like looking and watching kids, and yeah. that's something that you have to watch for. And he was very intoxicated, so my goal was to try to get him out of the studio. As he was watching, he he started talking to one of our black belt assistants. and he asked her to come over, and she did. And oh. you know, she just wanted to be polite. Uh-huh. I think she got a little bit too close, and Grace noticed that, and she um told her, "Hey, um, can you just go help out that kid?" and you know creating that distance because if you're too close they can quickly grab you and it doesn't matter if you're in a public situation or non public situation criminals don't care <laughs> right yeah distance being aware and and so i think children are they just don't have the experience right i mean we always talk about well look look come over and check out my little puppy right <laughs> we hear that or come over here i have some candy for you oh well, those that's obvious but Uh, We don't realize that, um, children don't realize, I should say, don't know what's right and wrong, I guess, or what is a bad situation or what's a dangerous situation.
1: Right. Absolutely. And there are not a lot of counselors who tend to work with children because as adults, it's very difficult to put ourselves back into a child's mindset, to think how a child would think as adults, we're very logical. We are looking out for safety. It, you know, we're looking at if A, then B, then C, we're looking at cause and effect and everything we do. If I leave the house at this time, I will get to work at that time. But if I leave three minutes later, I'm going to get stuck behind that school bus and it's going to, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. Children don't think like that. You know, right. they think more in the moment. They think more with their emotions oftentimes. So, Yes, children in a crisis situation would be thinking very differently than an adult, just like you said, Mrs. Jew was uncomfortable, you were uncomfortable, but you know children are often answer to adults. Um, the adults are authority figures, so even if they are feeling uncomfortable, they still might go forward because they're really not sure what to do. Um, an adult is telling me to come over, I should listen children do think very differently than adults. And training children um, and giving them education on being safe is going to be different than um, working with adults only.
0: True. As a um, counselor, have you ever um, had to counsel any children that might have been in a situation like that?
1: Um, Yes, absolutely. That's a a very large part of my practice. Um, Trauma is what we call it. Kids who've been in violent or abusive incidents, who've experienced victimization um, either in the community or in their family life. um, Absolutely. Um, I have worked tremendously with that. I spent um, the early part of my career working in foster care and adoptions, actually.
0: Would you say that a lot of it is family-related? What's your experience? Is it more 50-50- outside the home, inside the home?
1: Well, my experience has been, you know, know, very varied. Obviously, if I'm working in foster care, it's going to be more dealing with a little bit more of the family dynamics issues, maybe more violence in the family. But actually, those that population itself is high risk for victimization even in the community. So I would say it's very varied, and it would depend on you know, where I'm working. Am I working in a hospital? Am I working in a a school setting? Am I working um, in my private practice in Pleasanton? I would say that, you know, in my counseling practice, I would say it's about more, you know, 60 to 70 percent, I won't say community-based, maybe just bullying at school incidents of violence, um, verbal assault, physical assault. Sometimes there are family struggles that people have. Or just a bad thing happens to a really good person, which does happen quite a bit. Someone might experience a carjacking or someone may experience you know, being in a store at the wrong time. So Traumatic incidents happen everywhere, whether it's family-related or not. But for kids, they have to kind of be able to know what to do in the, in the crisis itself. Right.
0: Yeah, you don't actually have to be in the situation. Maybe observing something can really be traumatic to someone.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. I
0: mean, you hope it, it never happens, but um, I was at a seminar with um, an active shooter seminar with Homeland Security he mentioned something about the aftermath it's not even about the actual shooting but the aftermath right what happens to that location he he spoke about they actually had to tear down the building because people just couldn't go back there and they weren't even there they just you know they just know what had happened there and uh-huh. as as a small business i was just thinking about that as a small business if that happened basically I would probably close because people just wouldn't want to come. Uh, <laughs> not not that they don't like me. Well, maybe that could be the case, but um, it'd be difficult to go back to a place where uh, something traumatic happened.
1: Definitely, and that that's trauma. That's uh, PTSD. Um, and I do work with you know a lot of individuals who have experienced that or are experiencing that. And in our, na- you know, in our neighborhood, as you mentioned earlier, everybody, of course, was on high alert. Everybody was thinking, what's going on? Um, and then there were a few, you know, over the next few months, there were a few break-ins. There were a few incidents. There was, I think at one point, there was even um, our school, our elementary school, um, was put on lockdown um, because there was a break-in in progress very near to the school. Um, and so they I know locked that down that the school? Was. They locked down our school. Our because of a <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of police and they, um, the people who were doing the breaking-in, I believe, I don't know all of the details of the incident, um, so I may be saying something incorrectly, but what I recall is that they fled on foot and they were in the neighborhood. And they were in very close vicinity to the school. And so they locked down the school so that they couldn't get into the school and hide there, or put the kids at risk. So that was kind of a traumatic day for our elementary <laughs> school kids. They came home and they're like, "We were on lockdown today." Um,
0: were they excited course, about that?
1: <laughs> you know, some didn't care, and some actually felt very unsafe. I oh, would say. Yeah. Um, I think the school did a wonderful job of addressing it, and the you know the adults on campus were wonderful, um, but. As a parent, you know, you're sitting at work and you read that is going on, you get like a news alert and you're thinking, Oh my god, what's going on at my kids' school?
0: And then we start being more cautious, I guess. It's kind then of we like we start
1: being more cautious yeah, and vigilant exactly. and then we kind of, it dies down again. So
0: Yeah, like right now we had um my neighbor had a package stolen uh, from his front door and uh he has one of those rings. Caught on video, you know. These criminals uh-huh. don't care. All of a sudden, the whole neighborhood is always like, oh, can you pick up my package? Can you pick mine? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, maybe it's going to go up. I don't know, especially during the holiday season.
1: Right. You know, when I was talking to you um, last a uh, few months ago, you had mentioned just some tips on when you do, you know, leave your car, make it a habit leave with your purse or don't leave with your purse or I'd love to hear some more of those tips from you just about, you know, awareness and safety and really try to integrate those into everyday life as opposed to just, um, after a crisis happens.
0: I think, you know, we can talk about scenarios and then that's a good start. Um, but it can always, situations are always different, right? But one of the things I remember talking to another parent, about the holidays and you know you're carrying a lot of packages and is someone watching you maybe you know that's the thing you got to keep an eye on does it seem like someone's watching you or you notice um someone doesn't look like they should be near your car should you go back to it or should you go back into a store those kind of things and always try to avoid those things but one of the things i was saying was as you're going back to your car if it was me i would walk down the middle of the of the um the parking aisle as opposed to closer to the cars and yeah you might be in a way of some cars but just have to move out of the way if you're walking close to the cars someone could be behind it right and someone could jump you from there because you didn't see them if you're in the middle of the aisle you get a better view of what's going on and again it's distance right the more distance you have the more time you get to react to it So that's something that I think is important for us as we're shopping, right? I actually know a young lady that was um, going back to her car from studying at the library at a university. And um, she was attacked from a guy that was hiding behind a car. So it happens. And I believe it was 100 feet away from the campus police station. Sad, but it happens. So that's an idea. Like I don't know. Do you still go to the ATM?
1: Do I still go to um yeah. rarely but sometimes.
0: Sometimes. I was talking to a another mom and uh she was telling me about um going to the ATM and she noticed some guy and and uh she was kind of fumbling in her purse and says, Well that's a mistake right there. You know what you need to do. Have it all prepared. Leave your purse, you know, in the car, take the ATM card out. Lock the door. Keep your keys in your hand. Go to the ATM. Do what you need to do. Pull out the cash. Don't don't count your cash there. Go back to your car. Right. Mm-hmm. Count the cash there. So, trying to speed up the process so you don't have to try to find your card and those kind of things. So that's you know one an idea I guess. Even stuff like I don't want to th- sound like we're we should be paranoid. If you go out the door in the morning it doesn't hurt to just open a door and just kind of take a quick scan not that someone is going to jump you but but that's how they get in right the door is slightly ajarred mm-hmm. and they can force their way in it's actually happened um well there's different ways that people can do that i had a another parent that was um up in san ramon and some guy was um ringing doorbells acting like a salesperson she opened the door he Introduced himself and um, she said no. She went to close the door, and his foot went in between the door, just so she, she couldn't close it. And then he um, broke in, closed the door, and she's, it's just him and her. It's unfortunate, oh. you know, because people outside won't be able to hear that. They won't, you don't know what's going on inside your house. That's something to keep in mind. That's why it's better to, if you have a ring, you know, you can talk to somebody. Don't open the door if you don't have to. If I yes. open the door, but usually what I do is I open the door and I step out and I close the door because first of all they've gotta get me and then they have to get through the door. So I don't talk through the door. If I'm gonna to talk through the door if I'm gonna to talk to someone, I actually step out and close the door.
1: Okay. Well I actually have um we've told our children they're never to open the door. I don't care if you know who it is. I don't care if it's a friend, if it, but you were not expecting that friend. You're not to open that door um, when they're home alone.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because um, because criminals come in all different shapes and colors. Some of them you know, and some of you you don't know. Some of them are acquaintances. Right. Probably a lot of um, break-ins come from people that actually have walked through your house. They don't know you. You, you might have asked for a carpet cleaning or something. Mm-hmm. And they come through the house, and they see what you have. They know the house layout. That actually happened to another friend of mine. I like to hear stories, you know. (laughs) He was doing some work at his house, and uh, uh, the guy came in, and he says, Oh, yeah, it's upstairs. Go ahead. Go check it out. He just let him do that. Gave him a bid, and and then he left. A few days later, he was looking for something. He thought he had left in his drawer. He knew he left it in his drawer, and it was gone. And then he realized, Oh, my gosh, it was that guy. Any other um, things you want to discuss?
1: I, I was thinking about actually a story. And I don't, again, I don't want to sound as if I'm paranoid. This was a funny story that happened a few years ago. My daughter and her friends had started walking to school, home from school. And it was a large group of people, um, at least six different girls. And a lot of kids do walk you know, to and from school. So the parents, we started allowing it. And then there was this one incident. Initially, we didn't know about it because uh, the parent thought, gosh, I might be being like really paranoid or my kid is being paranoid. So I don't want to put everyone on high alert. Yeah. So that parent never initially said anything. But then we were talking with another parent and she noticed the same thing happening, which was there was a white van driving very slowly behind the girls. And, you know, the girls would kind of drop each other off at houses so they would lose one Mm -hmm. all the time um, at the different stops. One of the moms noticed, why is that van driving so slowly behind the girls and started following it? Just kind of, I think everything looked okay, kind of walked past the van everything looked okay and the girls kept going. Then I later found out that, one of the girls had walked a portion by herself and felt like there was a white man following her, ran home and told her parent. And the parent, you know, it was like, am I being, is she being paranoid? Is it real? Is it not real? You don't know. Because on our streets of Pleasanton, we don't have too much of this. Right. Um, you know, really interestingly, we did contact the police. We let them know about, you know, two different people at different times noticed this could be nothing but it could be something the police kind of said wait a minute white van that's always a red flag for us yeah but it's interesting because we have so many now independent delivery package vehicles
0: right Amazon. driving
1: around yeah. and a lot of times they're looking for addresses or things like that so You know, one of the things I I actually did want to talk about is sometimes, you know, having it in your awareness, we feel like, gosh, we're being so paranoid. Nothing's wrong. Stop thinking this way. And then we just kind of ignore things. And it's hard to know when to ignore sometimes and when not to. In my, you know, in my opinion, probably better to be safe than sorry.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so one thing I would say about uh, the child running home it's it's a good thing, you know. You got to get home. You got to be safe. Maybe have an alternative um, destination if you are being followed and they know where you live. That's not a good thing, right? If they definitely want you, that's why. If I am driving home and I think I am being followed, I just keep on going because I don't want them to know where I live. Going to a different neighbor house, and put, put the danger on the on your neighbor and not not your own home.
1: And hoping, though, that's because we talked about that too. go to the first house that, you know, and trust. Right. What if no one's home. Right. What do you do then? Yeah.
0: Uh, the other thing, too, is if you're being followed by a car, turn around and walk the other way because they have to make that U-turn. Right. That's good. If they do that U-turn, you definitely know something is not right. Mm-hmm. It's harder for them to follow you. Um, But definitely get back and try to find someone that can help you, especially with children, because they're not able to really bend against an adult.
1: Yes, definitely. And we tell, you know, we told them, use your voices. If someone ever gets out of the car, just, just you scream, run and scream. Don't just run, run and scream. Call attention to yourself.
0: You know, it's, it's easy to (laughs) say that kind of stuff. I've been hard to do. It's hard to do. Uh, Actually had a, a student, an, One of our kickboxers, who's uh, she was, I don't know, 30 years old, and she was on vacation. She was outside the hotel and just standing, waiting for, I don't know, taxi or whatever. And she said this van came up, and this guy came up to her and grabbed her by her fanny pack. Okay, so this is a way back, right? (laughs) Fanny pack. Although fanny fanny packs are back in style now.
1: I see that, yes.
0: (laughs) Anyway... So this guy grabs her by the fanny pack. He's pulling her. And she's like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? She was thinking to herself. And she, she told me she thought that she would yell and scream and shout and all that stuff. But she was, like, frozen. She couldn't yeah. do anything. And then she realized, oh, maybe he just wants a fanny pack. So he, she unclipped the fanny, uh, the fanny pack. And he jumped into the, into the van and took off. You know, just smart thinking there. But I'd be surprised. I mean, it's like, wow, you're gonna take the fanny pack and her? What are you gonna <laughs> do? I guess. I mean, he does have a van, and that can happen. Actually, I have a black belt at, um down in Santa Cruz. She was driving the Safeway. Her son was in the back of of the car. He was he was only like two or three, so he was in a car seat. And she parks the car, and his van pulls up right behind her car. This guy jumps out opens her door and picks her up and, and starts taking her to the van. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, well, what you do? And she um, yelled at him and told him, told him to put her down. And one, right when he set her down, she gave him a sidekick. She now, she's a third-degree black belt. And yeah. she kicked him pretty hard in the chest. And he ran back in the van and took off. She got the plates, called the, um, the police, and they caught the guy. He had, uh, he had like, a couple broken ribs from the kick.
1: Good for her.
0: Yeah, so um, I was like, what? Santa Cruz? Actually, uh, I was down in Santa Cruz one time and go, okay, Santa Cruz is not so safe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that fight, flight, or paralysis definitely kicks in. And until we're in the situation, we don't know how we're going to react. Talking about it at least puts it into our brains, puts it into our awareness. And then again, you know, what happens if we unfortunately are in that situation is just what happens.
0: Right. Absolutely. I think um, discussing different scenarios and how you might respond, that's uh, really important. But then the other aspect is you have to be trained as well. If um, someone grabs you or something like that, you got to be able to respond to that. And that's what martial art training is. um, That's what we deal with.
1: That's, that's wonderful. And I know, you know, I know that, you know, my kids get um, that training all the time. It would be great to have maybe some of the black belts could do it. Maybe some of the instructors could just help with maybe even trainings for those in the community who want it, maybe a family training, what to do, what to do if there's an intruder, you know, different things you can do.
0: Yeah, we talked about that. I think um you want yeah. um maybe doing a a clinic or something. That's a good idea. At least it opens the door. I don't I'm not a real big fan of um one day uh self defense classes. Right. Um because I think you need more training than that. It oh definitely, absolutely definitely opens the door and so it makes people think about situations and what, what they might do, what they might not do.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful that would be
0: great all right it's on the list you have to talk to grace about that though
1: <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> like all my other projects <laughs> you better talk to grace
1: <laughs> there's an issue talk to grace <laughs>
0: there's an issue talking to grace
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no issue talking there's, to
0: grace. it's hard to get her that's why <laughs> She's too it's not busy. hard to
1: get her it's hard to sometimes align schedules to get in there
0: yeah um, yeah exactly yeah She's- that's but, busy. you know,
1: you're always both very accessible by phone, by email, and in class if I actually make it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you should come and do Taekwondo <coughs> since you thought about it when you were younger.
1: You know, I've gone back and forth. And right now, I'm, you know, I have the, the kids who are like, wait, why would you come to class with us? That's embarrassing, Mom.
0: <laughs> well, no, 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 no. So, I'm actually thinking about doing a mom's class. So it would be specifically for moms so that you can go through what the kids go through and you can help them out.
1: Oh, that'd be wonderful. Although my kids would, well, my daughter at least would be helping me, I think. <laughs> so we'll bond over that. That's well, right. Well, definitely. Let me know the details of that. I'd love to love to check that out.
0: Yeah, talk to Grace about that. <laughs>
1: got to schedule a lunch with her that's okay. right. <laughs>
0: hey thanks again and no um problem. i appreciate that and i'd like to maybe pick your brains a little bit more on this on the child psychology side
1: definitely you know where i am yep <laughs> you know where i live so <laughs> <laughs> all right thank
0: you very much take
1: care master yeah. ju thank you, Talk to you later. Bye-bye. bye-bye yeah bye